0: Today's SWAPA number is 8. That's how many new overrides are being implemented and paid between now and March 1st.
1: So today we're going to talk to SRC Chair Scott Piler and SWAPA Manager of Schedule Analytics Megan Nealon about where we stand so far with implementing the new contract, what's further down the line, and what the membership should expect going forward.
2: Southwest 151, the wind is calm, we want them to Bravo, everybody got it
0: take off One left the problems I'm Kurt Heidemann
1: and I'm Lexi Taylor and here's our interview with Scott and Megan first of all there seems to be a lot of questions about what's being implemented and why can you kind of elaborate on the timeline and how you decided what goes first and what goes next?
3: Well, we started work on uh, the prioritization probably in the summer last year. Mostly what we were looking to is uh, to expedite the items that impacted the most pilots and had the most benefits. So obviously, you see things like pay coming in, pay multiples, LCO, all that stuff. Um, but a lot of that requires tech as well. So we were trying to find what could be done manually first, uh, even if it's a little bit messy and then get the tech later. So that all that requires a little bit of patience as we kind of build and work through these manual processes. But at least we get paid now and we get get more of these things implemented sooner. One other thing we want to do is reemphasize that all of these dates are no later than dates. So um, a lot of them could be moved up sooner. Some of these first ones, it, it's a big rush to get things done. So I don't anticipate many things being moved up here the first few months, but, as we get into this cadence and work on collaboration, we're probably going to see some things get moved up. Uh, right now, though, it's just about prioritization and, and you know bundling certain items uh, together that kind of go together. So maybe one item could be done sooner, but we want to do some of these things as a package. Like when we do all the ELIT changes, we want to do those as a package. A lot of the reserve items, we want to do that as a package. Just to kind of keep things all together, uh, we did that in the timeline as well.
0: So speaking of that timeline, walk us through sort of the big items that have already been implemented as of February 1st or DOR.
2: I would say that the biggest thing from our scheduling world would be the leg change override. Probably worth pointing out that there was a lot of technology already being worked on even before we had a ratified deal in preparation of that successfully going through. So they were already putting some work into that CWA logic to then add you'll see there's two new columns pertaining to LCO within your pairing. It's also in your payroll report and uh, happy to see that that's all been um, launched successfully and it's in line with what we intended that pay to have for all that to work.
0: Scott, anything to add? Any other major changes besides LCO pay multiples that sort of our pilots uh, were most interested in capturing up front? One thing was uh a the reserve being released on the last day
3: when they they actually get in at block in if they didn't have anything on their board we we even saw one pilot get reassigned two minutes after the block in and then you know we called them on it and and they came out of it so we're seeing things like that you know being implemented and and uh, being followed by scheduling so that was a big improvement for reserves.
1: What kind of education are you seeing for pilots to know what's going to be implemented next?
3: Uh, well. We use the weekly snapshot uh, we'll probably have some additional emails going out as well src's all working on an update for the scheduling handbook uh, we're looking to put that out in early march for all the dor february and march changes we have rp articles we have one on lco and pay multiples going out in february i know compton working with us on a new contract version with the implementation dates on and I know a lot of pilots uh, will find that helpful so they can actually reference in the contract in one place, what's actually been implemented, what's still still waiting on.
2: That's probably been one of the struggles is that you're having to reference the contract. You're having to reference an implementation schedule. You're having to reference, you know, all the various comm that we've put out. So having it all in one document, it's going to be good for everybody to then reference what's coming next.
0: And I'll add, uh, we presented this and we've shared that uh, with the company, the the implementation. And, and and speak to the listeners about that sort of process, about working, and, and we've had our first joint implementation meetings. How has that kind of been?
2: Well, it's probably worth noting that this is going to continue to require constant updating. Scott already mentioned that these were all no later than dates, but once we start seeing you know, further testing and further work done on the programming, we're going to have more finite targets of, okay... Exactly on this day, they're going to flip whatever switch, and that's going to be the next thing that goes into CWA. So once we have better information and more updates, we're going to have to constantly be updating all the dates within that contract reference um, so that the pilots have just the best information of what's happening.
1: Do you see any contentious items coming out of those joint implementation committee meetings?
3: Right now, we haven't seen, we haven't had a lot of contention in those meetings it's, we have had to bring up a lot of issues things that have that have come up either in how they're executing things or how the process wasn't working ideally honestly the joint implementation committee meeting uh, this past week was just one of many meetings we've had them with crew planning we've had with scheduling we had with you know scheduling training we've had it with i.t and we have daily almost hourly emails going back and forth about implementation items just to make sure there's clarification on on what we did agree to in the room. That way it gets programmed correctly. You know, we've had uh, previews of the training materials for the schedulers that we were able to go through and make sure that they were correct based on our understanding of what we had agreed to just to make sure that they start on the right foot and we don't have to undo any kind of education
0: on this new contract. So, so far we've had a lot of collaboration on it. So it, would you consider that, uh, a po- obviously, it's a positive, but you mentioned the the reserve guy who got assigned two minutes later, and we called him on it, and they said no. Um, it sounds like there's generally a good faith effort so far that the company's doing its its best. Would you say that, or do you think that they could do better?
3: Right now, I, I think there has been a good faith effort. Uh, the whole purpose of the rewrite was to reset policies, practices, you know, the understanding of the contract, and uh, I'm seeing that that's what's actually taking place. we're, We're trying to get that, you know, collaborate, make sure we all have the same understanding about how things are going to work going forward. We have a lot of not just the notes from negotiations, but now we have emails and texts going back and forth just clarifying over and over again that this is the way things need to work going forward. And we haven't had a whole lot of pushback on how it's going to work going forward. We've had more discussions about we're having an issue with the tech, you know, in in order to implement that. How do we want to do, how do we want that done manually? You know, what's the expectations for when something will be done? So... Uh, That's mostly what we've been working through.
1: So Megan, you mentioned pilots will have to look at multiple places to see if it's implemented or if it's using current contract or the old contract or a bridge. Can you speak a little bit more about the bridge process?
2: Sure. I mean, we don't really have an elegant solution as far as like a one-stop shop to get all your questions answered. And that's just kind of the nature of this, having a it like a whole rewrite of a document that's not all implemented day of ratification. It's coming in waves. So you're going to have to still use old book provisions for some things until they're able to get the technology in place or get the training in place, get the new provisions in place. So, I mean, we're we're taking it one issue at a time. We're trying to put out education as best as we can. It's just, it requires some patience from everybody involved to then navigate what goes in when and what's right for now and not letting things fall into excess grievances that we can just handle.
0: Alexi, I'll jump in and add to that, you know, when, when we're going through that document and trying to set dates, it's not as simple as saying vacation changes, uh, you know, in 2027 or whatever, because, you know, some of it changes immediately, like shifting vacations, and then other things don't change until next year's bidding, where floating vacations will go away. And then some things don't change until the actual you know, vacation bidding process of any two weeks happens in a couple of years. So it's not as simple as saying vacation changes then. So I think that's part of what we all as an NC and SRC and everybody that's involved in this is kind of struggling to give as much detail as we can without making it just totally down in the weeds where you lose track of everything. One example of
3: where we'd we even had to do some collaboration on on the bridges. Uh, we just introduced uh, LCO and pay multiples February 1st. Well, that was originally intended to be just pairings starting February 1st, but in actually doing the programming for it, they found they had to do that at the duty period level. So, we actually captured pay multiples for pairings starting in January, rolling over. So, we actually have two different pay rules within the same pairing, but... Ultimately, they actually, you know, they pay the pilots more. So, of course, we're not going to argue with that, but it's things like that. Do we really want to, you know, hold our feet to the fire on one way or the other? Or are we being a little bit flexible and collaborative with that? And then we can be, you know, then more flexible and collaborative in other ways when maybe they have something that's not quite as uh, beneficial to pilots. But if we're getting something corrected and done the correct way, you know, they tried to do it. They made a good faith effort. It didn't quite work or it broke something else. You know, we've been able to make some accommodations for that just to make sure that it actually gets done right going forward.
0: That's been the spirit of this. Scott, you mentioned that they moved up the pay multiples uh, by a couple days. Originally, we had told everybody that it would start with the pairing that began on the 1st of February. But now you're saying that it could capture in the middle of the pairing. Is there concern by the union that that creates an uneven playing field that we're changing the rules of the game on short notice. Are we concerned about our pilots saying, Oh, I would have bid on something if I had known that it would have started on the 31st or whatever.
2: Well, we've been consistent that all of these dates were no later than dates with the goal of, if we can have it implemented sooner, everybody's best interest is to start complying with the new language as quickly as the technology will allow. So I feel like we've set good expectations there that it's, everybody's goal that if they can flip that switch a day early and afford our pilots what we've negotiated, then I don't see why we would want to fight that.
3: It's not like a pilot is actually lost out on something. It's just some other pilot has gotten an, an additional benefit that you know, they've gotten a windfall. And I don't think we should be jealous of that. We should just expect that, hey, I'm probably going to get some windfalls in the future uh, for myself on some other thing that got implemented early.
2: And I mean, to the company's credit, they, they could have just sat on something and waited based on what that implementation agreement was. But that's the good faith effort to try to get this contract in place as quickly as as the systems will allow.
1: So, Scott, what's uh, the next few things on the implementation schedule that are supposed to happen?
2: Well, we have a whole lot of
3: things starting in March, including uh, capturing the first four minutes of overfly as being paid. As a lot of uh, the rest of the overrides kicking in, the ground time override, late return override... Long duty override, reserve release override. <laughs> it's almost so many of these, uh, but they're all going to show up, start showing up in your payroll report. Um, that's one thing that we do have to educate on. They do ha- they have LCO in the pairing display, but all the other overrides are going to wind up just being in the
2: payroll report. And maybe not initially. It might be a non fly initially. So again, that goes back to. the the heavy front load of all the pay provisions, some of them being manual, though. So you might not see a line item that says GTO in your payroll report. You might just see a non-fly. But the point is that they're trying to make the pilots whole by paying what was agreed to with all these new pay provisions.
3: And right now, uh, one of our analysts, KT, has has built out the the pay audit tool that does the February pairings with LCO and pay multiples and then all the additional overrides for March pairings so we're going to be able to have that product out soon we're just testing a lot of edge cases right now but we should have that product out in early march so you can check your february pairings and then march pairings going forward and that will have everything all listed out so you can sum up what you see in CWA and you see what's on our payroll audit report and you can just get a good feel for you know where did i get overrides
0: how much was it and was i getting paid correctly uh, by the company one thing you guys mentioned during many of the roadshows that I think is probably worth uh, just a brief discussion here and implementation is the fact that a lot of our overrides may or may not affect Skysolver, or uh, they certainly won't upfront. So is, is this meant to change behavior? And if so, if it doesn't, uh, what happens? Well, part of this was to be transformational. If items
3: that were pain points for our pilots don't get addressed, then at least you get paid, paid more for having, you know, having that pain point. In the end, if, you know, the company does reprogram Solver, uh, to take these things into account and you get paid them less often, the flip side of that is you're having better quality of life, which is also a goal for us as well. A lot of folks don't like having you know excessive reroutes or deadheading all over the system, and things don't make sense like that. They'd rather and, you know they'd rather get home on time when they told their family they would, and they have commitments. So it kind of has you know it works both ways. You know either you get paid more or you your quality of life is better. As of right now, solver you know that programming is is in works, but uh, I don't think a lot of it is actually looking so much at all of the overrides that are being paid it's just looking to actually have better solutions they they certainly have problems in solver where it's it's not trying to get you back to your original your original pairing it's trying to get you back to your last iteration well if you're 5 iterations in then it's trying to get you back to something that that was might have been kind of dumb to begin with so those are the things they have to have the solver solutions make more sense first before they even start trying to you know, figure out how to work around some of these overrides and that that is going to take a while.
2: Yeah. To be clear, they haven't started any work on on Sky Solver. This has all been very much focused on pay. The next is going to be like your duty limit rules, which will drive some of what Solver does. But the the Solver work got pushed kind of further back in that implementation schedule. So the LCO has been independent logic of that.
3: A lot of the solver work is is related to the you know the footprint protection, and that that isn't even slated till the middle of twenty twenty five.
0: Before we move on, uh, because you two were you and, and Dan O'Connor, the third uh, member of the SRC that were really involved in negotiations, you had meetings at the company specifically on Sky Solver. Can you just tell the listeners? Uh, the rumor is, or the you know even and Swapa has kind of said it before that that they do drive to the lowest cost solution, and that's part of the logic. Is that something that happens, and is that something that they are going to try and fix? Well, during our meetings, it really became apparent that that wasn't part of the logic,
3: necessarily. It just so happens that you know when you're on a, a rigged pairing or low duty period pairing with lots of rigs on it, well, you're the most available. You've got block time available, you've got duty time available, and you're the one that they actually they tag. You know, you used to get paid, um, you know, move up, move up pay for the entire day. You get premium pay. Well, Solver wasn't programmed to keep you away from that either. So again, it's kind of the outcomes kind of pointed towards one thing but it was it was just coincidental that a lot of times it was driving down or minimizing costs just because you already had rig on your pairing but that that was that was because you weren't being very productive to begin with so you were you were definitely more available for
0: reassignment and, and the way that our contract was written and that it would absorb the rigs would absorb all the extra flying so we've sort of solved that in 2020 would you say uh, we We've solved most of the rig absorption you know specifically with the the
3: reassignment pay you know lco pays above the pairing pay it's an override it's not not absorbed into the rig certainly if you're on a rig day and they reassign you and the legs you know will absorb some of that rig the straight pay of the legs but as part of the reassignment you're always going to get paid some kind of override mostly lco and that pays on top so you're always going to get paid something more but there are some examples where yes, some of the rig does get absorbed, but you are still getting paid more with
0: override.
1: I feel like that was uh, mostly pay stuff for March. Is there anything else coming down the line that's not pay related? Well, some of that timeline change is gonna come
2: into play where monthly open time and ELIT are gonna open earlier. Uh, and then in April you're gonna have that shorter time frame for bidding the nine o'clock close. You're gonna have hourly closes starting at 1300 onward for those April pairings so I think open time is going to be um probably more commuter friendly since they're going to be awarding things earlier in those timelines and then also the full rigs goes into play for which I know that's kind of pay too but it's open time so the quality of your open time is going to improve
3: also the you know the small changes to the commuter policy you know where they're actually guaranteeing you a a, a mustra you know a deadhead Ah, uh, to catch up with your pairing, the deadhead release provisions, where you no longer have to call back and wait thirty minutes. And that thing is if they don't have anything on your schedule and it's the end of your pairing, you you will be released at at the time you uh, make the phone call.
1: Uh, Megan, you also mentioned that road shows that y'all are gonna be part of the scheduler training. Has that happened? How's that going? What's going on there?
2: Yeah. So actually, I think that when this podcast drops um, next week, we'll probably be in session literally over at Southwest. So we've already had the opportunity to preview the briefing slides that they're going to be using for that first round of scheduler training. And we had some inputs, um, clarifications, very well received. So we've had a a very good back and forth with some of the leadership and crew scheduling on just making sure that um, intent is properly delivered, the right kind of examples are being used to uh, explain what the changes are. and I hope to continue seeing uh, just that ongoing collaboration of that information sharing, uh, that transparency, and just that opportunity to be involved.
3: Yeah, we've definitely had a lot of collaboration with Gabe Peterson over the company. I'd say give him a kicktail if you want to look him up on on Swalife. Uh, he's definitely been uh, spearheading the implementation and making sure that everything gets clarified. We, we probably answer questions from him uh, three, four times a day, just making sure it's it's done right. He's been very conscientious about that. We appreciate it.
2: He's he's had a huge commitment to getting things right. We're very fortunate to have that working relationship.
1: All right. Well, to wrap it up, uh, Scott, will you give, your, give the membership your perspective of how this implementation could go the most smoothly?
3: Right now, we're having a lot of collaboration. Um, we're being involved in setting expectations, setting whatever the standards are for uh, what's being implemented. That that definitely needs to continue and i think we're getting better at that process uh, just over the first two weeks of this but we also need everybody to keep in mind that unlike all the other airline contracts that got ratified in the last few years this one was a complete rewrite there are so many moving parts and so many changes to the provisions you know small and large that it is going to take a lot of time one individual provision could be moved up, but if it's part of a package or it's not part, of, you know, wasn't a priority, then that's why it, it's running a little bit later. And the last, we just got to reemphasize that we have so much manual implementation waiting on tech later that there will be some messy processes. We're watching this. You know, we've got our own pay audit product to watch your pay and we're keeping track of all these other things. Certainly. Give us a call if you see something is wrong or that you think something's out of place or hasn't been implemented and it's not matching up with the contract. Give us a chance to try to address that. You know, we do have our eyes on a lot of different things right now. And and I feel we do have some good collaboration going on uh, to try to get this thing implemented and implemented correctly.
2: The other thing that is on our radar is we are having joint implementation committee meetings Every other week. We have that scheduled, I believe, all the way through May. That'll probably continue on beyond that because we have an ongoing implementation workload to keep track of. But that's going to just ensure we have those constant touch points and that we're all staying in the loop on progress and able to then share that information with the membership.
3: It's not just those meetings. We we meet with IT. We meet with planning, we meet with scheduling, we're part of the scheduling training now. So we, we have a lot of different touches. You know, we're uh, besides just the uh, general e- emails and phone calls, we actually got a phone call while we we're sitting right I here Gabe, during Gabe's the podcast. <laughs> so we see a lot more collaboration than we ever have. And, and so far, it, it, it's going pretty well
0: from our perspective.
1: Thank you to Scott and Megan for coming on the podcast to talk to us about implementation.
0: If you have any feedback for us at all, please drop us a line at com at com.swapa.org. We really do want to hear from you.
1: And finally, today's bonus number is 45. That's how many additional individual scheduling items SRC will be tracking for the rest of the year for implementation.
0: All right, best forward speed now, Criterland Southwest, 1528. Thank you.